0: Hello, this is William Fink of Christagenia.org, and this is Christogenia Weekends, although today is Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, and this program is being pre-recorded for publication at Christogenia, perhaps this weekend. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. This evening, we we have what to me is a treat. This evening, we have with us Ike Baker, a longtime Southern nationalist who was raised in the coastal South and who now lives in Appalachia. We have known Ike as the chief of operations for the League of the South since we had first met him in the wonderful environment of Charlottesville, Virginia and the Unite the Right rally in August of 2017. And of course, I'm being somewhat sarcastic. Earlier in his life, Ike had for a long time served as an officer in the U.S. military, and it would be interesting to learn how he had transitioned from that mentality and environment into Southern nationalism, and more recently, even to Christian identity because some of our listeners from from outside of the South are sometimes confused about the League of the South, its policies, its intentions, its objectives. We would also like to discuss with Ike his view of the purpose of the League and its attitude towards whites in other regions. In my opinion, sometimes nationalists in the North get the wrong impression about that in spite of the fact that the league has members in the North. So perhaps Ike can help clear up some of the confusion about that and about other aspects of the league's history, its operation. Um, I'm not yet certain how long Ike was involved in the League of the South, but it seems that he is definitely a trusted longtime officer of the league and is in a position to answer somebody's questions and concerns for us ike baker thank you sir for being here it's a pleasure
1: bill thank you the pleasure is mine i'm glad to be with you today
0: well it's probably long overdue perhaps but everything is in god's timing
1: Yes, sir. I agree with that. I'm happy to be here. I I listened to your introduction. Thank you for that kind introduction, by the way. And uh, I guess we could begin by uh, what seemed to be the first question you raised, how I made the transition from military service in in service of the Empire to becoming a Southern nationalist, an advocate for my people, and a servant of, of, of our people. I served in the in the Marine Corps in the years not immediately post Vietnam, but certainly post Vietnam. Uh, the the NCOs, the staff NCOs, all of the officers, uh, say from captain on up, had Vietnam ribbons all over their chest. Uh, the military was in some turmoil at that time. The worst of the affirmative action selection processes were still some years in the future. Uh, believe it or not it was mostly still a meritocracy the military hadn't been thoroughly feminized at that point Um, homosexuality was still prohibited uh, and was grounds for discharge in fact there I never remember a a transgender service member but yet still it is its own insulated world Uh, I've always been an advocate for my people um, as I've mentioned to you in our conversations, my, my grandfather was a circuit preacher in Appalachia. Uh, he rode a mule and didn't have a home church, but I've sat in on his, on his sermons many times as a boy, and he taught us from the very beginning things that we now know are just common truths. Um, the Jews are not us. The Jews are not the chosen people. The Jews aren't even the Israelites. Um, I, I never, ever was taken in by scofield deception because simply in my formative years it was never taught to me i've never seen Schofield's lies as anything but lies um i've never been part of any church or worship body that uh that 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 preached scofield lies um dispensationalism evangelicalism it's it's been the downfall of christianity unfortunately though my path has been as long and winding as anyone's, I never had to overcome that deception about who and what the Jews are. Uh, Now, blacks, I grew up in an Appalachian county that at the time was literally 100% white. And to this day, statistically, it's 99.7% white. So I don't none of us really know where that 0.3% is. I've never seen a black doing anything except passing through my county, and that rarely. So I had no exposure to the to the beast of the field. None at all. In 1969, though, we left Appalachia. My father's union went on strike for the second year in a row. We were off to Florida, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Um, South Florida was not the, the Jewish-held Democrat enclave that it is today. It was really just a another one of dozens and dozens of sleepy Southern beach towns. But then busing happened and I've got my education about Negroes from Negroes themselves. Uh, As a junior high boy, there were busloads of them brought in with their sullen, angry faces. Uh, They were brutal. Um, I was just a good natured mountain kid transplanted to a place where I was learning my way and, and, Then I find myself being held down by these feral niggers having my little Boy Scout ring stripped off my finger. It was a lasting impression, I assure you of that. And because of the miracle, that's my own sarcasm, of the social media, I've made contact with some some of the guys and gals who I went to junior high school with and we all got that education. And that is how we got it at their own hands. So... I never ever have been able to be at ease around blacks i've never I've never had a black friend uh, I'm probably better for that, but my path spiritually was a winding path because I did my best to find a church that was true to my beliefs. We both know how that's impossible in the fifteen years that I've been back on this ridge in appalachia i've probably been to five or six churches and I don't mean as a visitor if we count the churches that I visited one time I've probably been in and out of 20 churches since I've been back here and uh, I thought I might have found something a few years ago a reformed Baptist Church in a in a city almost an hour's drive away that's how badly I wanted to find something I was willing to drive past 30 or 40 churches to get to this one and uh, I heard that preacher, Preach from the pulpit that the Jews are the devil's children. He referred to Israel as UN Israel. I heard him thunder from the pulpit that there's no such thing as Judeo-Christianity. There's Judaism and Christianity, and they are not compatible, and I thought I'd found my home. And Then about close to a year ago, um, Antifa doxed me, and they doxed me where I live. And uh, I found no support from this church, no support from this man. I can't call him pastor anymore. And in our final conversation, I began referring to him by his first name. Uh, He wanted to discipline me for being a white nationalist. I I refused to accept that. He stopped being pastor. He became Cliff. Uh, This is a fairly insular community, even counting the small town where the church is. I'll run into him one day. Fortunately, I have self-control and self-discipline. So, I won't indulge my baser desires. He treated us poorly. Uh, I, I was back to wandering. And then I was in Georgia uh, on a league function at the NSM's national meeting, and I stayed with some dear friends. I'm not going to name them because they're good intentioned white nationalists, just misled in their beliefs, and uh, enjoying their hospitality and their companionship. They invited me into what they call a hof. I believe that's spelled H-O-F. They're they're heathens. They're odinists, and uh, I went in their hof. I don't know what I really saw or what I really felt, but my but my yearning for something that expressed a spiritualism that's strong focuses and enhances masculinity, and is in no way cucked to the Jew, the black the Muslim, or any of the things that mainstream Christianity is completely cucked to, I thought I'd found it. And uh, I spent three and a half months um, unknowingly completely lost. I participated in some of their pagan heathen functions. I broke bread with them. I stayed at their various homes and thought I might have found something. Well, four and a half months later, I knew I didn't belong there, And I knew I was finished. And then, as I know you recall, uh, you and your bride and I met for lunch at a barbecue restaurant. And we spent two to three hours sitting there. Um, Brother, you brought me back into the fold. And I know where I belong in Christianity. I'll never doubt it again. The cross will never leave my neck again. I'm not an Odinist. I was never an Odinist. I just couldn't find where I belonged in Christianity, and you know you've got my eternal gratitude for helping me find that place. I'll be CI until I die.
0: Well, well I, I certainly appreciate that testimony to to me, and and I, I in a, in a lot of ways, I can't blame um, Odinists for being Odinists that they've never heard true Christianity. And, and if they had, they might also reconsider, if they could be humble, because it takes humility for a man to realize that perhaps the path he's on is not the ideal, and, and to reconsider his position. That, that takes a lot of humility that most men aren't up to or aren't courageous enough to admit publicly that they've changed their minds about something, that they've reconsidered something. But all men should be able to, and that's what true humility is, all men should be able to um, admit when they have heard something better or or something with a a greater evidence of proof that, that they have to accept when they hear it because they understand that that proof is there and And that 's all I could say about odinus it's it 's wonderful to read the ancient germanic literature i 've done it myself it it 's wonderful to understand the history and culture of your own race and i I would never burn the Eddas or the Volusper or the, the Nibelungenlied and i 've read all that literature even though it 's mm-hmm. some of it 's pagan in nature. I would never burn it it's important for us to understand as part of our history, but it's ancestor worship and to extract an entire religion out of the Eddas and the Germanic literature, you really have to make a lot of assumptions and add a lot of opinions to it, which the literature itself doesn't present. I I know that from reading it. It also has its faults in that even um, for some of the things that pagans use to criticize in some of the areas where pagans typically criticize Christianity, that the, the Eddas support uh, or the Eddas um, do not reject things such as race mixing or fornication or sodomy that they don't. Mm-hmm. There's no defense against the Jews. In the Eddas, and they have also um, promoted things like human sacrifice and and ideas like that in the Eddas. I know that it, it's in the um, the Heimskringla, in the Yinglinga Saga, there are that there's a king who actually um, sacrificed nine of his sons simply so that he could rule and live an additional ninety years. Right the people didn't like it when he went to sacrifice the tenth son and the king died that's a popular story in the in the yinglinga saga well well so the Eddas have have their own internal problems but they're not the basis for a true historical religion and and you cannot codify a religion of our ancestors from that material so that i i think that may have been part of our conversation back in Uh, in in appalachia that. that we had two years ago right right
1: right i recall that very well and you know in truth i was i was looking for something that i wasn't finding anywhere and that that spiritual need to see our people in the proper position of in the proper position in the hierarchy of those spiritual beliefs that 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 is part of Right. To yeah, and- to not have to, 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 to not have the masculine energy continually assaulted by a feminism which exists in 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 Protestantism for certain. One of our brothers in the in the league, who's a a, a, a pastor down in Georgia, he posted something not long ago in a conversation thread that Protestant. Protestantism today is nothing more than feminism from the pulpit, subjugation of masculine ideals to the feminine, and trying to turn solid white racial beliefs into rainbow beliefs. So that's Protestantism. I knew I didn't belong there. And when I walked into this this, this Odinist immersion, that might be a good way to put it, because their home is is. is they're a a mature man and woman, you know, close to my age, and this is their belief system. So I was immersed in this for a long weekend, and I thought I'd found something. Um, In hindsight, I probably really only thought I had found something lasting for a relatively short time. Um, I spoke with Dr. Hill about it the following day because it was a league function, and, and Dr. Hill's a he's he's commander of the league he's he's someone i have i set great stock by and he said to me ike he said you need to be careful to discern whether what you think you saw or felt was a welcome or a warning and that never really left my mind within a couple of months i was feeling like maybe i didn't belong here but yet i'd made i'd made something of a commitment to to see it through i went to a couple of their uh bloats blot and i'm not sure how that word's pronounced b-l-o-t a bloat um and i just bill i didn't feel it and uh then you and i spoke and, and 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 i feel like my mind got set right along that path however something i left out i looked into something that some of our dearest comrades embrace i looked into orthodoxy and i had high hopes because i was on a search a genuine search. So I visited an Orthodox church, uh, probably a 90-minute drive away. I live in a remote area. Everything's a long drive. It's, it's 45 minutes to go to the grocery store. I got on the ferry across the river, literally, drove to this Orthodox church. They made me feel very welcome. It was a Greek Orthodox church, if that's any, anything material to it. And I felt like I was at the United Nations. Now, a lot of Greeks for certain Uh, because it's a Greek Orthodox church, but what ensured I would never walk through the door again was an actual African, and I've knocked around the world long enough to recognize an actual African, not an African-American, as I guess they like to be called. Um, This was a cull-black, blue-gum African with a white wife and little mulatto children completely welcomed into the fold in that church. I knew I would never walk through the door of that church again. Now, well,
0: right. It didn't another... resonate
1: with your spirit. If you don't oh, mind could, me interrupting. I couldn't have that. <laughs> I don't have I, enough hypocrite in me for that.
0: I fully um, agree, sir. If you don't mind me interrupting, that was the second sure, of, of what I was going to speak uh, about Christianity and paganism. But in, in, in the Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church and all of these Protestant churches, um, Jesus Christ carries a fairy wand. They wave this fairy wand. They might call it baptism water or or holy water or whatever you want to call it, over these alien people and somehow turn these alien people into something that they are not, which, if you want to call them people, is impossible to do. The real Jesus Christ doesn't carry a fairy wand. He carries a sword. The real Jesus Christ doesn't uphold feminism. He upholds a patriarchy. An established order where the the wife should be subject to her husband, and and not try to replace or, or overrule her husband. It, it's the the real Christian ethic is a strong patriarchy based on race, because the Bible is a book entirely about race, which refuses all uh, and 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 condemns. All forms of feminism, all forms of sodomy and fornication, all forms of, um, fornication in, in scripture is the word that they use for race mixing. Fornication can mean other things, but fornication in the book of Jude is the pursuit of strange flesh. It's the pursuit of different flesh, the going after of different flesh. That word strange is heteros in Greek. It means different. So in in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus Christ says that he will kill the children of fornicators. I will kill their children with death, he says. Why would he do that? Because God rejects bastards. God rejects race mixing. You have that in your spirit, but it's no longer being taught in the churches. I would bet that your preacher grandfather did teach that in the church. But where he was preaching at that time, he probably never encountered it, and he would have been shocked to encounter it.
1: Certainly, uh, where I where I live to this day, it's just not something you see. Um, it it doesn't happen here. Now, the the actual city in the middle of my state, it's a medium-sized city. Uh, it has everything that a city has. If you go there, you're going to see miscegenating couples. You're going to see little mulatto children. Uh, and, of course, every Walmart on the planet has what a Walmart has. But in, in my grandpa's day, I, I don't believe it happened anywhere very much. And in the part of the world where I come from, it really never happened at all. Uh, but seeing that in that, uh, in that Orthodox church that absolutely ensured that I wouldn't walk through the door there again. Now, one of our comrades, who's a Russian Orthodox, he tells me that's not part of the Russian Orthodox Church, but I am i won't be going back to any Orthodox Church. I, yeah, My natural desire to learn and discover truth hasn't gone away, but I'm not searching for where I need to do that anymore. Uh, I, I won't be bothering to go in a... Reformed Baptist Church or a, a, a wholeness church which is how holiness is pronounced where I live, wholeness church I uh, won't be going to any of these uh, uh, churches because I'm where I belong now uh, it was a path like I would mentioned to you a little while ago when we were having a uh, an informal conversation my path about certain things has been a straight line and it really wasn't much of a path because I started out, as I mentioned I, I, I knew who and what the Jews were and my education about blacks was pretty effective, and I learned pretty quick. But my, my path spiritually has been as winding as anyone's could be. Uh, and something I saw recently, maybe not all that recently, and I can't remember whether it would have been an online meme or maybe it was a T-shirt. I don't recall. You may have seen this before. It says, Christianity is not a club. It is a blood. That really resonated with me. It's 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 only for us. Uh, you, you know, you, we can't throw the pearls before swine. I hesitate to quote much scripture because I'll make a mess of it, and I don't really want to do that. But I believe that's what it happens when these evangelicals t- try to carry Christianity to the darker races. I think they're casting our pearls before swine. Well, absolutely. Uh, is that would that be an apt description? Would you say?
0: Yes, that's an absolutely true description. That do not give what is holy to the dogs. It, it's, um, there are many proofs in the New Testament that the Christian gospel was only to be brought to certain nations, to certain tribes. James dis- d- described those tribes, so did Paul of Tarsus. The um, denominational churches ignore all of that language, and if they can't ignore it, they attempt to spiritualize it by claiming that those words don't really refer to genetic tribes or or genetic sons or a genetic father. I, I did a presentation a couple of weeks ago titled Spiritual Sperm because that word seed in Scripture is physical. It's the Greek word sperma, which is the word we get sperm from. You cannot spiritualize that. Not at all. It, it's something that's physical and tangible, and, and the first century apostles understood it on those terms, not on these um, Gnostic or Platonist, Neoplatonist terms that we understand those words now, which that these modern churches, and this has been going on since the fourth century, and I've established this in a lot of my presentations, in a lot of my sermons, that the... The 4th century Roman, well, what became the Roman Catholic Church, had accepted Gnosticism and Neoplatonism and began to interpret these words in Scripture as if they meant something other than what they actually mean. In Scripture, a father is a biological ancestor and nothing else. In, in the Roman Catholic Church, a father is a spiritual guide or teacher That's not true. That's simply not true. But they they change all the meanings of the terms so that their priesthood can rule over you. And and the Eastern Orthodox Church has followed that same pattern, that they came from that same cesspool of Greek philosophical thought, which had poisoned Christianity in the 4th century. I don't accept that. I don't accept it at all. The earliest Christian writers would not have accepted that. They would have rejected all of that.
1: The churches Understood. don't follow them. Understood.
0: That that's um, so so true Christianity if you don't if you're not exposed to true Christianity, which we see as Christian identity, we have ejected all of this greek philosophy from our mode of thinking we have refused the perversions and corruptions of language that have permeated the catholic and and orthodox churches and all the protestant churches after them we've refused all that we've gone back to the bible the bible that your grandfather the preacher understood to to know that the jews were the children of the devil which they are we have taken that same method and started with scripture and rejected all the worldly philosophies that the scripture refutes and and condemns we've rejected all of that and and we take scripture and history and the original meanings of words in order to understand christianity all it's right, the right. only way that, that it makes sense when you have these things like you had. Th- this is one thing that I did not know about you was your early experiences with Negroes, right? With with niggers, with blacks. It was it
1: was tough on a 12 year old kid.
0: Well, well, right. I had my own education in much the same way when I was six and seven years old. And mm. and and. It it's so I was always a racist in in especially in that respect. And I had the same experiences with Puerto Ricans and Cubans and other races. So I, I've always been um red pilled in that manner. And sure. it, it did affect a lot of my thinking when I went into law enforcement later in life. But I found that at that time in, in the very early nineteen eighties, that Most white men thought like I did. They just were afraid to say it, that they were afraid to express it, and you had to keep it contained if you wanted to keep your job. So I'm sure that you had that same experience in the military.
1: I encountered that most definitely. You know, uh, in the military that I served in, you know, I alluded to some of the social changes that have wrecked the, the empire, the military of the empire hadn't yet occurred. They were still some way into the future. Uh, and I did spend all of my time in a, uh, in a combat arms MOS. And I remember reading something in the, it might've been the very late seventies or the very early, uh, eighties. It was, uh, that 93% of the combat arms in the branch of service I served in, uh, were white. And of that 93%, uh, a, a very disproportionate number were white Southerners. Now I've, I've became fast friends with, uh, Boston Southeast, uh, the south boston is an enormous recruiting ground for combat arms i learned i learned that there are tough hard white men from all over this country uh, north of the mason dixon down here in dixie um, i made fast friends the the nonstop wars since 2001 have taken a lot of my friends away because where i left the service some of them made a career out of it and just a short aside, uh, back in 2011 or 12, I can't recall exactly which I stood in for a man that I had served with. I had known him since training. He, he had been killed in Anbar, Anbar province and his daughter was getting married. And she asked me, me to walk her down the aisle in place of her father, who was a tombstone in Arlington at that point broke my heart, but I know he would have done it for me. So I did it, uh, without a second thought. But the military that I served in was still mostly a meritocracy until you got to a level where promotions became political, and that's always been the case. The blacks that I encountered, motor tea, motor transport, uh, supply, uh, food service. Uh, sometime in the past 20 years, food service has been turned over to a French company called Sodexo or something of that nature, so there are no more food service specialist in the military, or at least the, the way I understand it. I could be wrong. But that's where you encountered blacks, uh, uh, jobs that weren't particularly risky. They might be physically demanding. They might be demanding on your time or whatnot. But that's where you found the majority of the blacks in the service. And you really didn't find many in combat arms at all. Uh, combat arms would be defined in a ground service as uh, infantry, armor, or artillery. Overwhelmingly white, and the officer cores of each of those uh, specialties were overwhelmingly white. So, I didn't have a lot of a lot of exposure to blacks. Although what I did have was almost uniformly bad. I uh, I recall living in a in a in a squad bay in uh, at a base in California, where we had a common laundry area between. Two big squad bays, that's a, a barracks, in other words. And you were responsible for doing your own laundry. No big deal. And uh, I went in there one evening, and some of my laundry was missing. Okay, well, you know, thieves are everywhere, right? A day later, I see this buck, this, this useless, sullen-faced, dead-eyed nigger, wearing my t-shirt from a gym in my hometown there's this this is an incredible coincidence i of course confronted him and he he swore because they lie like they breathe that uh his his daddy had got him that and uh what city is it from he didn't know and set it right on it i ripped it off him ended up that was my one of my first of several write-ups i never i stayed out of serious trouble never prevented me from being promoted but uh i uh <laughs> I had my share of small black marks. I just never had a major one. Uh, and so my, my experience about these people has always been like this. When I got out of the service, I, I I became a general contractor. I followed my father into that business. I might have related this story to you. I don't recall. But uh, I, uh, I was doing a massive amount of concrete work one summer, industrial renovation. Uh, you'll go through concrete like you wouldn't even believe. A typical concrete truck holds 10 yards. There might be days I'd pour 150 yards of concrete. It's quite a lot. And uh, I needed a, a pump and finish company, a place and finish company, who could handle this volume of work. This man was recommended to me. I went to see him in in, in South Florida. That's a trade that has a, a, an over-representation of blacks. I went in this guy's office. His office is in the front of his warehouse, just a you know, working man contractor's office, the same kind I had. I was never in an office tower or anything like that, Bill. I went in. We met. We made a deal. I let him know I had a lot of work to do, and it was you know, I needed a crew out there, whatever it was, three or four days away. Um, we spoke the evening before to confirm everything. I set it up as is typical in that business for the contractor I was using to place and finish the concrete to actually – release it from the dispatcher at the concrete plant um he released i want to say three or four trucks and uh he comes over to me while i'm on the tailgate of my truck working on some something i had a notebook open and he says uh, mr baker I, I need to talk to you okay he says i'm gonna need more money what <laughs> i'm gonna need more money i said um what are you talking about he goes i'm gonna need to get more money from you I go. You're talking about from here on out. And he goes. I'm going to need more money for the concrete that's on the way. This nigger's robbing me, Bill. Okay. I got concrete coming out. Uh, at the time, I was probably paying forty-five, fifty dollars a yard. I got fifteen hundred dollars worth of concrete rolling to the job site, and I got this guy holding me over a barrel because they're not ethical. They don't. They have larceny in their DNA. Uh, how much do you need, John? He. Tells me he needs he needs another four hundred and four hundred dollars in change. It might have been four hundred conversationally. Say needed four hundred more dollars. Okay, I'll 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 play along. I said four hundred dollars. That's it. You're not gonna when I cut when I when I give you an extra four hundred. You're not gonna tell me you need another four. Oh no no I wouldn't do that. Okay, but yeah you probably would. Yeah. So I went and uh, I went to my own bank and uh, I got enough money to pay him off for the day, for the work he was doing for me that day. When we finished, I paid him off in cash. It's not really how that's done you normally, he normally would have waited a few, few days for me to get a draw from the client. I would have deposited the money, let it clear through. might've been typically a week before he got his, his fee from me. I went and got cash out of my bank. I paid him off and he, his eyes got real big. was a cash. And, uh, he says, well, thank you, sir. I go, thank you too. I won't need you anymore. John, I ran him off. Um, never had it back. He, it cost me $400 to get rid of him. And, uh, I found a, a contractor that evening after a dozen phone calls. Turned out, white man with all A.S.C. certified concrete finishers, first-class hydraulic pumps. Uh, now that fella made tens of thousands of dollars for me that summer, whereas this other fella, I don't remember what he walked away with that day. Probably a thousand dollars, somewhere around that. But he he cut his own throat. He he screwed himself hard because he had to get his hand in my pocket. So my education about blacks i hope at this point in my life it's finished because i don't live around them anymore but i'm always prepared to learn more well that's well, my that that's my experience with them
0: that that term carpe diem describes the, how they live their lives they only live for today that, mm-hmm. that's the way they no are. forward
1: thought at all
0: never they, they I, I saw this thousands of times in my life that they consume everything they have today today and they go through that their relationships are the same way, that they will take advantage of you and discount any thought of how you might be more valuable to them down the road if they did not take advantage of you. I've seen them do this all my life. They've done it. If if you give a a, a black man a thousand dollars he's going to go squander it immediately and tomorrow he's just going to complain that he's broke
1: exactly you know that that summer that was a major undertaking that was a major industrial renovation i had the sole contract on it if he would have just kept his hand out of my pocket that day and turned out the work that i expected him to turn out he probably could have bought a brand new escalade and put 20 inch rims on it at the end of that summer Instead he walked away with $1, 1200 bucks. That's all the business he did with me. He was well paid for what he did. Um, but another contractor made all the money that he could have made and undoubtedly didn't blow it all on a Cadillac escalade with 20- inch rims. Um, Jim was a hard-working, youngish white guy with several kids. I mean <laughs> We both know how that eats up an in income. So uh, yeah, he had no forward thought, no ability to think past the moment. Uh, I'm gonna hold this man up. he's He's driving a new pickup. i can I can get a few more hundred out of him, okay, well, you did. But you didn't get any more. So, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't theft, like the fella having his co-racialist hold me down in the locker room when I was twelve years old to strip my boy scout ring off. That's not the that's not the coon who went through my laundry in the dryer in the in the barracks and stole my t-shirts. But that's larceny, just the same, because they see it, they want it. What's the expression we use for those people? Gives me Dad. because that's all. That's it, it, it's a it's a it's a bauble. They want it. They just reach out to take it. So he took from me. But that's been that's been a typical experience of mine throughout my life uh, with those people.
0: Well, well now, you know, he, uh, let me please in- interrupt for a moment. A Mm -hmm. lot of my enemies, a a lot of the enemies of Christian identity, and and this is even in academic books that have mentioned Christigenia, my, my website and my writing, that they like to make the claim that we contrived our religion because we need it to support our racism. When just the opposite is true, when you have this racial awakening inside of you, and you realize that these other races are different, and especially these Jews, and you find that our God told us that he was going to write his law into our hearts. And you make that realization and study the scriptures and find that they support, they validate what you have in your heart. It's not that we invented our religion. It's that we came to the truth because there should be no disparity between God's word and what we have in our hearts, if we're his children, and what we see in creation that we experience every day. And there is no disparity once you find Christian identity.
1: None. None. And frankly, there's no easier pattern to recognize whether it's behavior whether it's something visual there's nothing easier to recognize than repetition and almost without exception that's been my experience with those people um, and it's not gotten better it's gotten worse i i, I wrote an essay a few years ago now well 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 baltimore was burning and and i want to say that uh, that little town in missouri had burned earlier that year and 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 i posed the question what is it what is it that makes us tolerate this, and what is the underlying cause? And you, you've got to come down. You've got to face what it is. It's intelligence. Now, they have a far right side of their bell curve, their intellectual bell curve, their cognitive bell curve, just like we do. But it's a full order of magnitude to the left. There's a reason that particular race has an average IQ. I've heard it. I've heard it's 69. I've heard it's 73. I've heard it's 81. The point is, it's considerably lower than the average. IQ of our people. And there are, there are racial haplotypes whose bell curve, whose, whose, whose uh, cognitive bell curve is to the right of ours. We have to recognize that, too. I don't have the answer for why that is, but that's the fact. That is some of the, some of the Oriental races, their, their bell curve, uh, the, the right side of their bell curve extends out beyond ours. Uh, there's a reason you're, you're, you, there's never been a black fields medal scholar. It may be immaterial that there hasn't been, but there hasn't been, and there probably will never be um my experience with those people as far as it goes is that there's a there's a core of them it may be anywhere from 10 to 20 or 25% who's actively got it in for the white man they're going to try to get over on you they're going to try to commit violence against you they're going to they're going to do something proactive against a white person if they can there's another cohort in there. I'd say it might be as a, a, the third out of the middle. They're, they're willing to go along with it. It may even be more than a third. They get caught up in the mob mentality. They get caught up in, 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 in not being an Uncle Tom, or they've got some vague notion that the white man deserves it anyway. I've actually encountered very few who wear the mantle of civilization, convincingly. And even them, I question what they really are underneath that facade.
0: Well, well, to me, they're just beasts, whether they're blacks or they're Orientals. They're just beasts. They're not sure. us. They're sure. beasts. They should be seen as beasts. They should never be seen as people. Mm-hmm. I, I, can explain. I can explain why Orientals appear to do better on IQ tests than, than we do, but I really mm-hmm. disdain arguing a, about that, and, and it would be a digression on this podcast. There are lengthy um, threads concerning that in the Christoghenia forum. But I sincerely Mm -hmm. believe that the IQ results are skewed in several ways for Orientals. They aren't more intelligent than we are. It's just that the samples and the results aren't fairly accurate of the typical Oriental. The Orientals that make it here aren't, and and they're the ones that are tested, that they have different cultural values. They have cultural values that are actually better. That than the average white family. The average white kid sits home and plays video games and and watches television for eight hours. The average oriental kid comes here with the, the, the idea imbued into him that he has to work hard and get ahead and study hard to do that, and they do it. IQ, mm-hmm. I know, can change. IQ can change according and, you know and some, if you could motivate these white kids the way these Orientals are motivated they'd be they'd have much higher scores on these tests
1: you know I was thinking of something as I was referencing IQ and and I'd like to clarify just a little bit I was I, 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 I sort of meant to bring it up but the conversation tends to flow this is no more than another testing metric okay and the testing metrics, are not faultless. Uh, they're easily corrupted, I think, especially when there's a particular outcome desired. And all it really is, it's it's what empirical data exists. That doesn't mean it's faultless. And I don't believe it's faultless, Bill. I want to be clear about that. Right. There's a, Here, here, here. Cletus, Cletus Baker, my grandpa. I remember hearing this from him. Boy, if you give a white man a hammer, he'll build a house. If you give a, he called them celestials. He talked in the old-fashioned way. That was an old term for Orientals. If you give a hammer to a celestial, he'll he'll duplicate it and sell hammers. If you give a hammer to a black man, he'll kill a white man with it. <laughs> right. Now, he, right. that's he called that the cr- the creators of civilization, uh, sustainers of civilization, and destroyers of civilization. So, right,
0: that's true I, to, a, to I, a
1: great extent. I, I want to be clear. I, I I quoted you know empirical data that comes from a source that's not faultless, but I don't in any way, shape, or form think. Any other race on this planet is our equal. Does that make me a white supremacist? Well, that is a radioactive term, but, I mean, i got to face what I am. There's a reason white men, put us on the moon, uh, there's a reason white men invented powered flight, and, um, There's a reason people can live in the Deep South, because a white man invented air conditioning. (laughs) I mean, uh, Henry Ford, mass production. Uh, The the list goes on what white men have done for this world. And a few white women. I mean, we can't discount Marie Curie just because we we believe in the patriarchy. You know, white people have made this world. White people have made Western civilization. You've heard me speak a few times. A common theme I come back to is uh, Western civilization is white civilization. And if the white race is not preserved neither will western civilization be the whole world will become south africa the whole world will become what do they call the old rhodesia some some nonsense african word zimbabwe i'll always think of that as rhodesia absolutely Uh, you know so i i i'm not a relativist in any means shape or form but these but these metrics exist and what i was really trying to illustrate is you know, we're talking about blacks. Blacks lack the cognitive ability of the other races. I, I think even if the IQ tests are skewed, I think we have to acknowledge that. Uh, they are the outdated farm equipment. But uh, uh, that's how I see the world. White civilization is Western civilization. And that might segue us a little bit into something. I know you said you wanted to speak about some, and that's uh, how, how the League and Southern nationalism relates to the rest of christendom the rest of white civilization i.e western civilization and uh i've actually said that very line before uh publicly that if we don't preserve western if we don't preserve the white race everywhere we won't preserve western civilization now in the league we're southerners Uh, most of us are southerners by heritage some of us are southerners because you know we've come to live in the south but we're not a reenactment group we're not the sons of confederate veterans we don't require a genealogical test i mean conversationally on the way to that state park where we had the picnic after the shelbyville demonstration a few years ago i was in the car with michael tubbs and michael hill and conversationally we all realized that we had ancestors who fought at the battle of murfreesboro right in that part of tennessee so we happen to have that 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 dna link i guess you might say And we are focused on what's good for the Southern people because we are Southerners. We encourage, actively encourage and support in every way possible, with the exception of sending our manpower out of the South. We encourage whites everywhere to do for their own branch of this wonderful tree of white civilization what we're trying to do for the branch that is Southern civilization. Um, Our envoys have gone to South Africa and spent time with the South Africans, the South Africans have sent envoys here to us, to the league. Uh, you're probably aware. We had a South African envoy from... Uh, I can't think of the name of the city he's from. That's not material. He marched up Market Street with us in Charlottesville. Do you know the man I'm talking about? Simon. Simon. I can't yeah, remember name. Yeah, Simon Roche. Simon That's right, Simon Roche. Roche. Um, he, he, he's, a, he's a great friend of the league. The league's a great friend of theirs. Now, are we going to get on a plane and go take up arms in south africa well no we're not and we don't expect them to come to the south and physically join our struggle but we're with them in spirit i i I don't i don't like how that sounds because people say well i'm I'm not going to be with you in that little small southern town but i'm with you in spirit you know because i gotta go watch sec football or what have you i mean the the obstacles to actually being with them physically are non-trivial or them being with us, but we, we, we stand with them, uh, by all means, um, um, Gen- generation identity in France, uh, that, that outlawed, what was it called? National Alliance, national, I can't recall. There was that, there's that, there's that British political party that was actually outlawed because they stood up so strong for white Britons. I mean, we do, we do support these people. We'll never counter signal and we'll never not make positive statements about them and their cause. So we do acknowledge this simple fact: every Southern nationalist is a white nationalist. Now, every white nationalist is not a Southern nationalist. We're a we're a subset of white nationalism. Now, there's people in the league who are very parochial about it. They're trying to atomize us down to the last common denominator. I actually made a joke with someone recently that I'd had enough of this this atomization, and I'm going to say that's it. I'm, I'm in favor of Ike Baker nationalism, and that's it. If you're not Ike Baker, you can't be part of my nationalism. Now, that the point's ridiculous, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. We don't need to atomize past the point where we already are. And we have lots of active members, active members who travel from northern home locations to come and participate with us in the League of the South. Our chief medical officer is from the shores of Lake Erie. Uh, how we could be more welcoming to folks who are not genetic Southerners or Southerners by location, I mean, I don't know how it would be possible. Now, I was asked recently, would we, would we ever take the league, say, to somewhere in Ohio? Well, we are the League of the South. We, we're probably going to confine our physical activities to the South. Although I want to be clear, I'm not the commander of the league. Um, I serve the league. If the commander of the league directs me as chief of operations to plan an operation in, well, say, Sonny Thomas' hometown, Springboro, Ohio, I'll get to work. I'll plan an operation for Springboro, Ohio. But that hasn't happened, and in my opinion, it may not. But that doesn't mean that folks who don't live in the South or don't have a genetic link to the South are not welcome to be among us. The the, the official league statement, the official league policy statement um, any person of goodwill who shares our ideals can be part of us. I mean, it goes without saying, we are an ethnocentric organization. Um, we wouldn't welcome non-whites. We wouldn't welcome a Jew. We wouldn't welcome a Muslim. We we do have Odinist members in the League because, as we discussed, they're, they're following a religion that they believe to be true. We believe otherwise. But at the heart of it, we're racial brethren, so they're welcome to be with us. And Bill, you know the leadership of the league is CI. That's, I don't believe that's a secret. I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag on that.
0: Well, at least most so, of them. <laughs> that, that there are some, a couple of Orthodox on the board, but I'll
1: overlook that. <laughs> well, let me let me put it another way. The, 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 the leadership who actually leads a formation in somewhere, and you know exactly right. the three men that I'm talking about. Right, the
0: men that put We're their also, feet to the pavement. Our, our
1: CI. We're all CI. We're all
0: CI. That was, you know, well, one, well, well, that was a major reason I was attracted to the league. I, I mean, it is because not only what was um, were the leadership CI, but a, a lot of the rank and file were either CI or open to hearing about Christian identity, which, mm-hmm. which is to me sure. important. It, it's um, mm-hmm. that this is one thing I, that I'm, I am totally puzzled about. And mm. you expressed it yourself, but you didn't put it in these terms. You know, Southern nationalism and these denominational religions don't go together. They don't go together.
1: You I'm can't not sure how to reconcile that. that. I'm really not. Um, I'm just going to hope that with your good efforts and some particular individuals coming to their senses that we can reconcile this. Uh, when when these I speak... Church- I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, Bill. You go ahead, please.
0: But when I speak to certain individuals, they just reject me, and, and they reject me based on the grounds of their church doctrines. But don't they? it, it befuddles me that they don't see the cognitive dissonance in their own thinking.
1: It, it puzzles me, too. I remember an expression you said to me after the Florida conference. You can't be a nationalist if you follow the teachings of a foreign potentate. Right. And I'm not sure how they reconcile that in their own minds. Now, here's what I will say, in a pragmatic sense, and in a in a in a true leadership perspective, these are these are talented people. They serve in roles, many of them, of great value to us. And whatever the contradiction is that they've got going on, as we see it, they, without hesitation stand with us and stand in support of what we're doing they are a part of us their contradiction in many in most cases and certainly at this point not in any cases with leadership their conflict has not led them away from the league we have had a few people whose churchmen advised them that they need to get away from us and a few did but for the most part um our, our department heads, who are, as you put it, part of denominational religions, they're either not being counseled poorly by their potentates, or they're able to reconcile it in their minds. Uh, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to deal with that. But
0: well, well, I don't make an example of these men. I don't pick on them, and you, 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 I respect them. I, I mean, I've had some good conversations in person with them, even though right. they will despise me. In social media, and, and 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 when they when I see them despise me in social media, I do confront them, but I keep it contained to where they yeah. despise me. I don't go chasing them around the internet or or trying to um, <laughs> so, show up. Social
1: media can be such a pox. You yes, know, uh, if if all of our dealings were face to face, like civilized men, there would be a lot more politeness and a lot less bombast. I think Absolutely. that's a fair statement. Social media is a pox in many ways.
0: Absolutely, because when I see it to your face, I'm not going to be a smartass. I'm going to think no. twice about that.
1: I've it's, had occasion to meet people face-to-face who were very, very, very bold in, on the Internet. And, that, and and now they've got 239 pounds of Ike Baker standing in front of them. And they're not the same person they were at their keyboard, Bill.
0: Right. I know. <laughs> I experience it all the time.
1: It, it's... You know...
0: Social media is is, um, people have a lot more testosterone behind a keyboard.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, for me, it's kind of constant, but then we're the men we are. Um, Anyway, I do try to
0: respect these men, especially since a few of them are longtime southern nationalists who have done a lot of good Mm -hmm. for the cause. but, But it's just difficult for me to understand them because of the dichotomy in their minds that they can't see.
1: Oh, absolute contradiction. Here's, here's what I hope for, and I'm going to imagine you might agree with this. Any of us can come to the truth, and I just hope for their sakes that they do. Well, In well, the meantime, right. I'll, I'm still glad to have them as comrades. I'll still stand right next to them on the barricades, and I'll still stand up for them as a brother, but I hope they can come to the truth.
0: Well, I'm hoping to do a podcast with Dr. Hill himself this week on that very topic.
1: Excellent, excellent. I'll be looking forward to hearing that one. I sure will. Well,
0: we'll um, see. In first century Christians were in a corrupt world and understood that they had to get out of the pagan temples and form their own little um, home churches, if I have to use that word, in order to separate themselves from the corruption. And, and that's how we should be thinking. That's how all nationalists should be thinking.
1: I couldn't agree more. I will say that's one of the hardest things. And that may be a wrong way to put it. That's one of the. That's one of the. That's one of the aspects of CI that I wish were different. I wish. I wish, in some sort of reasonable driving distance, and we already know, I'll drive ninety minutes to a church. So when I say reasonable driving distance, I don't mean it needs to be at the end of the block. I wish there were a CI congregation that I could go sit in and have fellowship with my with my fellow believers every single week but since we don't have that i'll i'll, I'll do what i need to do right here in my own home
0: well, well we have a um ci chapter a, a ci chapter i'm sorry a league of the south chapter here in the florida panhandle and the whole group is ci all 10 wonderful ci but i try not to allow the league of the south Chapter meetings to devolve into Christian identity meetings. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard, and and we kind of split the time. But no, it's it it's a good chapter, and they're all solid gentlemen, and it, it's they're all CI. Uh, we did have one Orthodox member who departed, and that was his complaint. But we weren't. It, uh, I mean, after the meeting is over, we might have some banner, and and it's usually about CI um but that can't be helped. I I can't help right. that. But the meeting you is, share
1: you share the belief and you want to talk about it and have about it. fellowship. But I know who, I know exactly is, who you're speaking about. I'm sorry he chose to do that, but uh you know roads roads all roads in life occasionally come to forks and we each take which fork our conscience sends us down. Right. Um you know, I I would I'd, I'd like for at some point in time to be present for one of those meetings. I understand the Gulf Coast of Florida is Somewhat of a hoof for me, but uh, that sounds like the kind of thing I'd like to take part in sometime. If you have, a, if if you actually, if you actually grow your chapter large enough to have a chapter conference, uh, let me come down and speak. I'd love to meet you guys.
0: Well, you can come down anyway, anytime you want. I, I mean, October is going to be a little difficult this year. The schedule is kind of full, full already, but November is probably open. So <laughs> you could stay we here it, and we it, can it, take you to a chapter meeting.
1: As far as the League and Religion, you know, we've, you know Dr. Hill and uh, the leadership has, has made this clear several times. The League is not a church, not meant to substitute as a church. We, we, we are an explicitly Christian organization. Uh, I don't know of anybody in actual leadership who's not a Christian, even if it's a, de- a, denominational, a denominational Christian. Uh, obviously, we don't welcome alien religions or alien races at all. We are an ethnocentric organization, and uh, we are going to keep our our racial compass true. Uh, you know, I think it's fair to say the reason the reason Odinism and 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 that set of beliefs is still those individuals are still made welcome. They're white people following ancestral beliefs. Uh, 1,500 years ago, uh, my forebears and likely yours, too, followed those beliefs. So they have a place among us. There again, just like our denominational Christians. I'd love to see them come to the truth. But in the meantime, as long as they're willing to turn out and be with us as we go and pursue our operations around the Southland, hopefully they'll find the truth or the truth will find them. I was actually thinking about that just recently. Yeah, I was on a search. But then again, the truth just seemed to find me. Maybe that's how it's supposed to work. I, I I I don't know. I'm that's for somebody far smarter than me to reason out.
0: Well, well that but, was uh, that, that I was I was raised a Catholic. But my father it is from a split background of of, of Irish Catholic and German Lutheran. And my mm-hmm. mother is from a Baptist background, but she was adopted by my grandmother's second husband and he was a Lithuanian Catholic, so he sent her to Catholic school. So right. I I was raised a Catholic, even though most of my ancestors, three-quarters of my ancestors were historically Protestant. So, I was an apostate Catholic because by the time I got to seventh grade, I I realized that how hypocritical the priesthood was and, and how rich they were in a poor white neighborhood. And I also realized how um vain it was, even if I didn't use those terms, how vain it was, how silly it was to kneel and pray in front of statues and and things like that and and I was apostate from the Catholic Church and, and by the time I was 13 years old, 12 years old perhaps, and didn't open a Bible except for a couple of times when I was a teenager, didn't really open a Bible, and actually read it until I was 36. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn what Christianity was actually about until I, the Christian identity found me, as you put it. And I wanted to sit and see if it was true. And studied it for 11 years from a critical viewpoint. Making sure that if it was true, I could prove it every step of the way. I was critical in all my studies. I still am. I understand. I do. <clears throat> Every man you know Catholicism
1: Catholicism was not a I never considered it a viable path for me. I know we have we, we, we do have a particular part of our leadership that is a, a, a pretty devout Catholic and I will say this, he follows that pre-1964 pre- Vatican II Catholicism before it became a completely cucked denomination, which they all have by now um, as a younger man. For reasons to do with family, I ended up uh, in an Episcopal church quite a bit. There's a denomination that has completely gone down the drain. Um, but, but in any event, these 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 racial brethren and sisters, these co-racialists of ours, that aren't quite where where we are. Let me just put it put it that way and i don't consider myself on on your level or any of the great teachers in ci but i feel like i'm in the right place until they find that place we'll we'll, we'll still accept them in good faith as brethren glad to have them with us in uh in the efforts for our people so that's that's the posture of the league and where the league stands on generic white nationalism as you know very well we did attempt a an actual proactive alliance which did allow us to um, have some considerably impressive numbers as we marched up market street in charlottesville i have no doubt we probably wouldn't have parted that crowd of antifa the way we did if we'd have had 50 instead of 500 but it became unviable after a time uh... it's that's something i wrote about it in an article that i that dr hill put in the free magnolia you know, these organizations, some of them literally imploded after Charlottesville, some with Charlottesville as a root cause. Uh, Vanguard America had a serious schism in the membership. They, they split as, as surely as any denominations split in the ancient history of the church. And uh, Vanguard actually became a non-entity. Uh, this, 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 this organization that's out there, Patriot Front, is made up mostly of young men who used to be with Vanguard. Uh, We all know the story of the Traditionalist Worker Party, Uh, poor decisions made by a very young leader who uh, uh, basically collapsed his organization, Um, the NSM. uh, We did try to keep the alliance intact with them. Uh, The way we handle operational security and the way they handle operational security are vastly different, different. That caused a... Absolute and total compromise of an operation that we were four days from executing last year, and that was the final straw. That's when, I, I, when I told Dr. Hill what had happened, uh, we we with, formally withdrew from the Nationalist Front, which really was only a shadow of what it had been anyway. And from this point forward, it's the League, as it's been since 1994. We stand alone on the bulwarks for the Southern people, sword and shield, and that's where we'll be for the foreseeable future. Doesn't mean we'll turn our back on any other white organization promoting the interests of our people anywhere, but we are going to focus on our mission, which is to promote the best interest of the Southern people and the preservation of Southern civilization. This is our little corner of the struggle.
0: Well, Every, well right, I would rather have the league that way. To be honest, I, I would rather it, see that 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 um, clinging to core values. And 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 the core purpose of it of its founding, right? I, I would really rather see that. I I don't I never really had a care for all of these um other nationalist movements, especially the ones that lean towards paganism or or like in the traditional workers' right. party, orthodoxy. Right. Or orthodoxy might be fine in places in the north. It's not a part of southern heritage.
1: I, oh, I no, no, it's really not. It's these really people not. Identity, it's, not uh, it's, it's really not. Have, have you know, Bill, that, al- that alliance did serve a purpose. This is a conversation I've actually had enough times that I've, I've got it pretty concise. We always paid somewhat of a price internally and externally for that alliance, but it brought benefit that made the calculation very clear that it was worth it. That changed. And when that changed, and and when 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 our when it became clear how differently we approach operational security as one of the organiza- other organizations did, and when some particulars of an operation were openly posted on a very large email list along with my own personal contact information, we realized at this point the benefit has stopped accruing. Now it's only cost, and they they they. It cost us an operation that we we had put a considerable amount of effort into planning. As you know, we're very thorough about that sort of thing. We were literally four days away, and we had to abort it. And and that's when the cost became far more than any benefit. And frankly, there was no more benefit at that point. So, so we did it for a while. It brought us a benefit for a while. That's past history now. And having some understanding of the posture of, of, of Dr. Hill, because we speak, we speak about these things frequently enough. I don't foresee a formal alliance like that happening again in the foreseeable future. As I said, doesn't mean we're going to counter-signal these people or in any way work against them. That's not us. We do support our co-racialists wherever they're found, but we're in the South. We're Southern nationalists, and we want what's best for our people. As I said, this is our... This is our branch of the beautiful big white tree, and we're going to cultivate it. And we hope other branches have a group like us that will cultivate those branches, too, because they should. I don't know that a League of the North is necessarily what we're looking for, but uh, would be out of the question. Why not? Uh, uh, um, how about, I don't, I mean, we could come up with fictional titles. How about the Indiana Rangers or something something like that, some some organization that's, you know, the... the, the, the the mid, you get my point. The point is that what we're doing in the South should be duplicated elsewhere because we're all going to have to be responsible for our own areas of operation. There are p- parts of this country that are all but lost.
0: Uh, well, well, right, I, I, do, I do believe that, that when Babylon falls, when mm-hmm. the empire crumbles, and it's it's going to happen, we don't know when, it could be 100 years from now, but it's going to happen mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. people... Will have no choice but to think both tribally and regionally
1: mm-hmm. and, and I agree with that
0: you don't um, have a a connective infrastructure in place with your own people so that you can um well, you would already have a group in place. You wouldn't have to form a group. So so that you can be organized and act in one another's interest when the cookie crumbles, then you're going to crumble along with it. That's right. So it is in, right. in the interest of, of these people, these nationalists in the North and Christian identity people in, in the North who are all nationalists along the true ethnic lines – just naturally in Christian identity people to have their own little associations in each area of the North. And even I though the league of the South I, uh, is, a sudden, even though the league of the South is a, a confederacy wide endeavor, right? It has, it, it, it's an organization of sub organizations. That's the way it's structured, which mm-hmm. the basic building block is the local chapter. And, and right. it, if the League of the South grows and flourishes, which I do pray that it does, and they don't all have to be Christian identity, but if they all have Christian values and, it, and they're all centered around their local chapter, which is, in my opinion, where your church should be. The chapter shouldn't be your church, but your church should be comprised of members from your chapter, because you're all like-minded. Well, well, that's a, a, something I'm going to get into with Dr. Hill anyway. But but, Good. they're your people, and, and they should be your church.
1: Anyway. I couldn't agree with that more. When you know For cumbers- several years, I signed off most of my electronic communications with... Uh, with something I had found elsewhere, I, I didn't, I didn't dream this up, but it was so apt. I would close every electronic communication with these simple words: "Arm up, tribe up, tempus fugit," Latin for "time flies."
0: Time well, right. flying.
1: and we feel like where we're at puts us a step ahead of other whites elsewhere who are not organized and who are not networked with each other, who are not, who don't have strong bonds of mutual trust. I mean, we were just all together down in Alabama a week and a half ago there's a there's a strong bond of mutual trust between the people there who have been as you put it uh, you know shoe leather on the sidewalk i don't think that was your exact expression but there's a strong bond of mutual trust there we've been together a lot of us have been to each other's homes you know we've we've we we've we've found we've we've aren't, we've tribed up because we know time is short white's everywhere need to do this and yes, I'll say they should use what we're doing as a template. There's things we can improve that we can always improve, but there's very much that we're doing right. And whites who make common cause with each other elsewhere, you can pick any region, pick any place in the world for that matter, should be doing what we're doing here. Um, and hopefully even doing it better, because we've always got to come back to Western civilization is white civilization. And if white civilization falls, Western civilization is gone period if we don't preserve our people prevent this 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 replacement this great replacement that's underway everywhere in the world it's far worse elsewhere than it is here and it's far worse in other areas of this country than it is in the south but this this demographic replacement is going to be what does us in if we don't countermeasure it and in some places they are very far gone already so we we have to hope that they Find each other, network with each other, find, forge these bonds of mutual trust, make an organization. Because, as a, you know, the region of the country I come from was where the actual coalfield wars were fought. I'm not really a big union man at this point in my life, and uh, I, I don't necessarily believe in a lot of their aims and objectives anymore. But uh, the, the United Mine Workers used to have a president named John L. Lewis. And he said, you have to organize, because one man by yourself, you have no power. You organize, and you have power. And when you're organized into, an organ, into, a, into a group like we have, I believe there's a synergistic effect. You get very talented people, very intelligent people. They feed off each other. I've, I've heard that called a, a mastermind, uh, a group of very intelligent people all pulling in the same direction. Bill, I think we have that. Can we get better? Sure. We, can't, we, 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 we should never stop trying to get better. But whites everywhere need to do what we're doing here. Um, I've, I've thought, I believe like that even before I came into the league. You know, you had mentioned you weren't sure how long I had been in the league. Uh, I believe it was 2013 when Dr. Hill brought me into the league. I think that was it. We had a constitutional sheriff in the county I live in for one term. And uh, I was involved with a countywide militia for a while but when the constitutional sheriff failed to be reelected, the new sheriff let us know that uh, he really didn't want to militia in his county and uh dr hill brought me into the league and the league's my home now uh, i'll 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 stand or fall with the league of the south
0: well that certainly isn't a bad home and it, it certainly is a good collection of men. I, I've told this story a few times. I, I have the, um, I'm not bragging, Christagenia is the largest Christian nationalist website in the world. I had many opportunities to join other national socialist type groups as far back as when I was still in upstate New York before I met my wife and, right. and moved to the South. But, well, um, I was actually born in the South, so I tell my wife that I was an anchored baby. Um, (laughs) anyway
1: the kind of anchor baby we need (laughs) not the kind we get these days
0: (laughs) well well i i had my opportunity to join several groups christigenia it is a website it's an academic endeavor yes i have a big forum but those people are spread all over the world um I, i you can't organize anything out of an academic endeavor and i felt that the need I, I had to do something with my own feet on the ground. If I was ever going to um, be able to present myself as a legitimate Christian nationalist, you can't live your life behind a keyboard. That's what the Jews do. That's what our enemies do. <laughs> right. I can't be that way. I have to get out and be able to meet like-minded people and and work with them. And, and of course, I... I um, Part of what I do is naturally to spread my own religious ideology. I can't help who I am. And and um that that's what I do. So I can't help that. And I'm not going to try. But but I I've been well received by League members even when they reject my my, my um our our, I should say, Christian identity faith. But that's the material. That's besides the point. I had to do something with my feet on the ground, and I chose the League of the South because when I met the the, um, the leaders and the rank and file first in the um, in a Bonnie Blue a, a Bonnie Blue festival that was held by the North Florida League in 2016, and and then at New Orleans at Lee Circle in 2017, and. Then we went to Charlottesville. From there, that was our next event. Well, well, and in the meantime, I had done a podcast with Michael Hill, and I had a few long conversations with other league members and Michael Tubbs. It, it's I, I told my wife, I said, "We, uh, how could we not join these people? Their Christian identity, that they're, they're true to their cause, and that and they're all seemingly good, solid individuals." With a good objective in, in the preservation of their southern race and culture and heritage, and they're on the same page as we are for the most part at, as as Christians, how could we not join? I would be turning my back at that point on on a good group of Christian men, so I couldn't do that. So for that reason, well, I joined the glad, League of the
1: South. We're glad we're glad to have you both. I. I... I, I, I don't mind telling you that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you out there. I'm glad, to have, uh, I'm glad to have such a CI teacher amongst us as one of us. Um, so you know, it sounds like we have both found a home. And let's just uh, let's pray for the success of our organization, the preservation of our people. I well, think it's a worthy endeavor, and I think it's I think there's a there's it's an excellent way to spend one's life.
0: All nationalists have to do something besides sit and post memes on Facebook. Sitting and posting memes on Facebook gives certain people a sense of accomplishment, like they've done something. In reality, they've done nothing but preach to the choir. It gives them a way Mm -hmm. to vent. That's an artificial sort of venting. I, I mean, I post memes on Facebook, but that's not the solution to our problems. That's not going to get us anywhere in the end. It, it's
1: No, it, it's, but I, um, I, I have to say, though, some of your memes really get me laughing out loud.
0: <laughs> well, well, do, you know, do you know which people, ones
1: I might be talking about? Yeah,
0: certain people that have abandoned <laughs> people, men who profess um, Christian or Southern nationalism and abandon <laughs> that idealism for an alien church... That imposes aliens upon us and upon them. That that's cowardice. What are you doing? You deserve to be mocked. They deserve to be
1: mocked. They have, they have followed a foreign potentate right out of an organization that promotes the best interest of their people and their yeah, blood. Right. Those their are some camp. of the mis, those are some of the most misguided men I've ever met in my life, and I, I'm willing to leave the names unsaid if you are. But we know exactly who we're speaking about
0: absolutely and and to me it that, that um i thought that these men even though we didn't agree about many things and even though a particular one of these men is a pompous arrogant ass i still thought <laughs> that they were good men committed to their cause and mm-hmm. and to abandon it so easily at the beckoning of an alien priest that bewilders me it really does and and to me i can do nothing but mock these men they need it
1: couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more i i actually welcome the day when i may cross paths with them again because you never know where that'll lead uh probably enough said on that but um i know you had raised some questions in the introduction that you gave me have we is there any of those we didn't address
0: I, I i would um i i felt comfortable actually closing the file a few minutes ago it's only two paragraphs i i could go back and
1: I, I have it here. You had, you had sent it to me earlier. Let me open it up and let's, yeah, let's I, take
0: a I, look. Yeah, I think we um, pretty much we, we pretty much we we didn't really speak about the current objectives of the league. I, I mean, you could do that if, if you would like. I,
1: I'll be. I think I think I can do that pretty concisely. The current objectives of the league uh, operationally, because that's my that's my purview. You know, I'm chief of operations for the league. Doctor Hill appointed me to that after the Charlottesville operation. Currently. What we're looking to do is, is the is the type of thing that we've done very successfully since spring of 2018, actually the beginning of 2018. We know that the, that the days of large-scale announced public rallies are probably not useful to us at this time. Antifa will turn out. We won't be able to get any message across. We'll be in a great fight, which there's – maybe something to be said for that but the aftermath and the repercussions of that there is nothing good to be said about antifa tends to immediately resort to violence they'll wreck a town they'll cause security costs borne by the citizens of that town to go sky high nobody will really come out of that without mud splattered all over them charlottesville was a memorable day i'll remember it to the end of my life but frankly speaking bill the the days of large publicly announced rallies where we apply for a permit, um, make our plan known to local law enforcement. That probably ended, for the time being, at Shelbyville in October 2017. What we believe in now are what we call flash rallies. In in these flash rallies, we look to identify a small southern town with a downtown that remains still alive, um, stores that are actually open and doing business on a Saturday morning, foot traffic, uh, vehicle traffic, and we just show up there. Generally on a Saturday morning, not too early, but early enough that we're out there with the first visitors to the town square. We array ourselves all around the square. So far, every time we've done this, we've turned out with anywhere between 30 and 40, 45 people. We can make a good perimeter all around the square we we show our flag we pass out our newspaper we're polite. we're friendly we're out to meet the southern people and network because we've got nowhere near the critical mass of support that we need to be this i believe will get us there uh, my criteria for finding a place like that so i can recommend it to our chief is a small town that's 90 percent plus white and there are dozens hundreds of those across the southland it's typically going to be a county seat and in a county that's 80 to 85 percent white again dozens and dozens if not hundreds of those across the south there's really no telling where we'll show up at to do this next and that's the aim of it because look you know we're all we're all we're all grown men and we're men in full and we're willing to defend ourselves when antifa comes out to interject themselves and and try to deprive of deprive us of our right to free speech but we've got to face the couple of facts number one Fighting Antifa in the streets is not our prime objective. Our prime objective is reaching the Southern people. And the cost, both materially and, frankly, to our image among the Southern people, doesn't do either any good. So that's where we're at. That's going to be the future for the time being. And one other thing that we've started doing is identifying iconic places in the South where the left has identified it as a a key civil rights location, or what have you, typically from something that happened in the fifties or sixties, and we go out and take possession of it for a period of time. We took possession of the of the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, in the in June of of uh, 2018. In February of 2019, we went and took possession of Little Rock High School, Little Rock, Arkansas, where uh, where desegregation was forced upon the citizenry at Bayonet Point. Those will operationally be the direction that the League of the South takes now. If you want to discuss the philosophical direction that the League of the South is going to take, you'll have an excellent opportunity to pose that question to our chief, Dr. Michael Hill.
0: Yes, sir. No, that's excellent. Yeah, you know, we, um, my, my wife and I, had taken part, we were going to take part in the canceled Johnson City event, and mm-hmm. we went to Newport instead when the league changed right. its mind and, and about Johnson City, and that fell apart. And a little bit, of, little bit
1: of a little bit of a little bit of background. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'll tell you why we changed our mind about that. That does need to be known. Um, we don't we don't run from Antifa. We're we're willing. We're we're like I said, we're all men in full, and we're all men who are willing to defend what we believe is right in this world. We didn't we didn't change our minds because we weren't willing to face off with Antifa. We changed that plan because the government, um, state of Tennessee, was going to require us to let us proceed. To sign an open-ended agreement to accept security costs, those can climb to six figures in the blink of an eye. Right. Uh, we're not a wealthy organization. We we have some means, but we're not. We don't. We we don't have millions of dollars sitting around doing nothing. We we bowed out of that because we were going to be forced to accept a condition that we couldn't financially take on. And we are we're we're a law and order organization. We should also be clear about that. We don't advocate illegal acts, we don't promote illegal acts, I don't plan anything on behalf of the staff of the league that's going to take us into the territory of illegal activity. We don't talk about it privately. We're we're a law and order organization. We should be very clear about that. And if the state of Tennessee is going to deny us access to Sycamore Shoals or deny us access to Johnson City, we broke us an Antifa line in Charlottesville brother, we're not going to try to break a police line. We're on the same page with that, right?
0: Oh, I agree. And and let me say that I, I was actually privy to all that information. Um,
1: I thought you might be.
0: And I had hoped to write about it when I got home, because the state of Tennessee actually practiced lawfare against the league mm-hmm. by doing that. They did. And they did. denied the league the members of the league and, and, many of us were natives of Tennessee. I mean my wife's a Tennessee native, right? And and mm,
1: from that region of Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Those people especially were denied mm-hmm. their right to assembly. They were denied it by the state through lawfare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's just um that's just wrong. That is um public square bullying is basically what Absolutely. it is. So I, I had a suggestion last year of, about perhaps what to do about that. I, I don't know if I ever shared it. But my, my, the bottom line was I was going to write a, an article about the, 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 um, the league's capitulation in Johnson City because of those circumstances, because of those right. demands the state made, and, and about the successful little rally that we had in Newport as a result. And I never wrote about it, because about six days after we got home, I got run over by a hurricane, which I remember that was a huge distraction in you my know. life. So, so it still you know, is to this day, right? So I just couldn't write the article that I wanted, which would have been entitled Newport News, I think, or something, but, but I, I never got it wrote. And I don't think anybody wrote about it.
1: You know, I don't mind telling a little bit of the background of how that all happened, because it was all above board. I mean, we kept it to ourselves, but it was all above board. When we realized we weren't going to be able to go into Sycamore Shoals, we looked at a couple of other locations. We looked specifically at at, at Elizabethton, and we actually plotted some routes in and out of Elizabethton, and we came to the conclusion that that was right in the area of Sycamore Shoals. I I, I can't say offhand how many miles it was that week i I probably could have told you because i immersed myself in these locations when we plan Uh, i recommended to dr hill that we stay completely away from that area of east tennessee but stay in east tennessee i'd actually given him an alternate location just across the the state line into uh, north carolina we looked at a county seat north carolina dr hill said no i want to stay in the state of tennessee okay no problem i know how to take an order i looked at a couple of cities Gave him the pertinent information, made a recommendation. That's what he expects from me. He liked the recommendation of Elizabeth. And The reason I'm telling you this, I drove down there a day early, as I'll tend to do. I spent most of the day in in, in Newport. I really fell in love with that area. What a really, really cool little mountain town. Uh, if I was ever to sell out of where I live and, and, and go somewhere else, there's a bluff overlooking the French Broad River where I would love to build a house. Yeah. I actually... I walked around the town. I went to a coffee shop. I, I tend to go in and mix with the locals a little bit, just strike up a conversation. As soon as you open your mouth in the South and they realize that, you know, hey, you're, you're, you know, you're not from California or something they'll talk to you. And I want to find out what's going on the next day. Hey, uh, is there any festivals or anything like that going on? Well, no, we got our Apple festival next week, but nothing tomorrow. Okay, thanks. And I just sat there talking to these East Tennessee people, Bill, in the East Tennessee coffee company. I remember the name of the coffee shop. Um, and I thought, what a cool little town that would be to actually live your life in. You yeah, know? well, I, we and, miss
0: it. I mean, we have to be here in Florida for my wife's health, which is what brought us down here. Mm-hmm. But she was born and raised in Bristol. And and uh, okay, I fell right, in love right, with... Yeah, um, right on the border. I fell in love with Southwest, Southwest Virginia as a boy, traveling through it as a yeah. teenager. And, and um, yeah. I love that area. I lived there with her for two years. I wish very often that we were still there. So I'm not far away. I'm not in that state, but but I am
1: in the Appalachians. But but anyway, that's, that's the direction the league's going to take, um, for the foreseeable future. I feel certain when there's a change in our operational direction. Um, I'm, I'm, I may be one of the first to hear it from our chief because then we'll be planning a different sort of operation, but we found great success in doing this and we believe it's effective. Um, and you've, you've been out and participated in these things with us. I think yeah, it's effective. I,
0: I really thought Newport was a that? really good experience, and, and we had nothing but... I, I mean, I must have myself inter, interfaced with about three dozen people. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know why, but when the chief of police rolled in, he came right to me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe he mistook me <laughs> for Michael Hill or something. But you and and, and Dr. Hill were in... in in the quadrangle across the street and and i had gone Mm -hmm. over to you and and informed you of what was going on we were Mm -hmm. being ejected from there commanded ordered to leave right well well other than that experience and and i wanted to write him up in my article and never got a chance to do it but and, and sort of be a little condescending there but well um other than that experience everybody we interfaced i interfaced with like three dozen locals in in newport that morning um it it was a positive experience people were very Completely. supportive of our message and and yes Completely. that is a way to garner interest in our organization that's a very good way to actually you get know out I actually, small towns
1: I, I interacted with the law enforcement personnel who made themselves known to us prior to the police chief coming out um that's cock county tennessee and that's the county seat i actually spoke with the sheriff one of the senior newport police officers what got us in trouble there in hindsight is something i won't allow to happen again we won't allow to happen again we had those fellows from another organization who wanted to join us and we we know them we've been out with them before i had to make them take their masks off because we're the league of the south we don't wear masks they they, they complied readily you know you know you remember the four five six lads i'm talking about i'm sure yeah, but I uh... they're 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 youngsters and they they took some flags and got four abreast, and they started stomp marching on the sidewalk. Well, that's obstructing a sidewalk, and and we had a quite a large perimeter there. We had we had we had leadership all over the place, but these guys. They rubbed somebody the wrong way and got us run out of town. I, I know how that happened. The, the The police chief, if you recall, he uh, he claimed that we were having a parade. And I yes, said, we're sir. just out here demonstrating. He said, no, well, there's 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 four men marching up and down the street. And I knew exactly who he meant. But also it's worth saying that was about three and a half or four hours after we first got there and set up. We had accomplished what we went there for. Yes, sir. Yes, we did. I would have loved to have seen you poke a a figurative stick in the police chief's eye for running us off. But we had already been there. Uh, Dr. Hill probably would have told me to wrap that up, certainly within the hour, if not sooner. So, yeah, I hated that that happened. But, you know, that that's the backstory for why that happened, those four lads. You know what I mean by stomp marching? You know, they're, they're marching in steps, stomping their feet on every step, and they're marching down the sidewalk with flags. That's just a little town. This is not Fifth Avenue in New York City. Four men abreast, blocked the sidewalk. Okay, that's it. Party's over.
0: And police they chief had his pretense
1: a, to tell us to leave.
0: That they were making a pretty ridiculous exhibition that was quite different from the decorum of the league members that were there.
1: You can absolutely rest assured that won't happen again. Wonderful. But it would have been one thing if they got us run off 20 minutes after we got there, three and a half, four hours after we got there, brother, mission accomplished. Let's go.
0: Oh, yes, I believe so. I believe so. A lot of us yeah. were getting, it It was still a warm day, and we were getting thirsty, and you can only stand out in the street for so long without being tired of being there, so three, four hours is sure. plenty of time.
1: And we had that beautiful cabin to get back to up on Lone Wolf Mountain. Oh, wow. Remember? I actually
0: drove back at, after being there until about 3 a.m., we drove back to a campsite <laughs> the other side of Johnson City. That was a two-and-a-half-hour drive.
1: I know, I know, at I like
0: know. I five something in the morning. <laughs> nah, I would have taken, taken that door
1: off the hinges if somebody had woken me up. <laughs> yeah, but we enjoyed ourselves. It
0: was a great time. So. Yeah.
1: I've enjoyed this trip. thoroughly. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but brother, I would do this with you again anytime you like.
0: Well, thank you, sir. I, I really do appreciate that, and it's been a real pleasure having you here. And I'm thank sure you. my thank listeners you so much. will enjoy
1: it very much. Now, I'll, I'll watch for a post of when this is going to uh, be on because I want to be sure to hear it. And uh, there's at least uh, one or two others who I'd like to let know about it. But uh, I've I enjoyed it thoroughly. Just... And I can't thank you enough for everything you do for the league. And you know you know how I feel about that time we spent together a year ago. It, uh, it, it It'll mean a lot to me as long as my heart beats and I draw breath. And I really mean that.
0: I pray that we have more of those times. So do <laughs> yes, I. Sir.
1: Thank so you very much.
0: And, and I'm thinking this will probably air Saturday.
1: Excellent. Brother, thank you for your time. Thank you for giving us a, giving me a platform to speak about the things that matter to me in this world. And I uh, can't say enough good about uh, about you and Krista Gania.
0: Thank you. And praise Christ.
1: Praise Christ. Amen, brother. You and Melissa, be well.